0: Hi there, this is Jim Menick, and we're back again with the Nostrum Podcast. If you are following this as we go along, you may have noticed that last week we had a few problems. Uh, The real big problem being that uh, we gave the podcast the wrong name. It got picked up with the wrong name in iTunes, and if you happen to look into iTunes, you would see two episodes, numbers 13 and 14, that seemed to be identical. Well, they weren't identical, so if in fact you did skip 14, thinking that it was the same as 13, you missed out, and I would advise that you go back and, well, get it on. However, if you did listen to 14, you're probably ready for Nostrum, the debate soap opera, where deontology is more than just an idea. It's a rebuttal by Jules O'Shaughnessy and the Nostrumite, narrated by Jim Menick, episode 15. Personally, I prefer Werewolves of London. Amnia Nutmilk's eyes pass over what, for lack of a better name, must be called the Bissonet Technical Debate Society. With the exception of her own flesh and blood, they are the sorriest lot she has ever seen. Worm Podrowski, who did not strike her as a house of fire when she first entered the room, has sunk even further into himself with the arrival of the seven samurai from the detention room. Apparently, he already has more than a passing relationship, at least, with Binko. What kind of name is Binko, she wonders. And that relationship has not been a positive one. Worm has his face inches from the page on which he is sketching what looks to be, from this distance, a Star Wars montage. Next to Worm is Chesney, looking nonplussed by Binko's crew although whether from ignorance or disinterest, it is hard for her to tell. He is sitting at one of the student desks, spinning his pen around his fingers, waiting for her to begin the meeting. The seven samurai are spread across the room from Chesney to the windows at the far side. As far as she can tell, and she's not used to teenagers, they range in age to cover the full breadth of the high school years, with Binko, the oldest, suffering from a severe five o'clock shadow, although five o'clock of which day is probably up for grabs. He could be 17 or 22 or 27, and she wouldn't be surprised at any of them. He is sitting next to Chesney, watching her son twirl his pen around. How do you do that? he finally asks. Chesney does it again in slow motion. You hold the pen between your thumb and middle finger like this. Then you just drop your index finger and spin. He does it again. And again. And again. Incredible, Binko says. Try it. Yeah, I don't carry a pen as a general rule. Not even in school? Binko shrugs. What the f? Fu- he stops in mid-phoneme and looks at Amdia. What the hell for, he cracks himself. What a gentleman, she thinks. Next to Binko is the girl. The word that would best describe her is undead, which is the cosmetic result of her apparent misperception of the unseen. Her hair scattered across the top of her head, and held in place with random pins, is dyed black, the worst dyed job Amnia has ever seen, and she travels in the avant-garde circles of metro New York, where bad dyed jobs are the coin of the realm. The girl is wearing black eye makeup and black lipstick, both thicker than an Ozark ham steak, and complements the bloodless look of her cosmetics, with a loose black t-shirt and skin-tight black jeans and, of course, semi-Victorian black bootlets that begin three inches after her jeans end. Amnia can't wait to see this one defending the affirmative side of, well, anything. And you are, Amnia asks her, Gloria. Gloria what? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Gloria what? I like that. The girl's voice is deep and rich. Amnia has to remind herself that she is unlikely ever to see the Seven Samurai again, so don't start thinking how they might be made into something they aren't, like orators. And with that thought in mind, Amnia turns to the remaining five and decides not to bother trying to sort them out. They return her glance with blank stares, which sums up a lot of them. How long is this going to take, Binko asks. You have somewhere better to be, Mr. Binko? You yeah, maybe. Like a detention, maybe? Well, like I didn't deserve detention, man. Then why were you there? Luton says I was smoking in the locker room. Were you? He shakes his head. "'Yeah, I ran out of cigarettes on the way to school this morning.' She reaches out and opens her purse, knocks a Marlboro from its pack, and tosses it over to him. "'Here,' she says. "'Have one of mine.' He snorts and sticks the cigarette over his ear. "'You can't buy me with cigarettes,' he says nonchalantly. "'I'm not trying to buy you, Mr. Bingo. I'm trying to kill you.' It'll be a long, slow death, but a death, none the nonetheless. You smoke, right? I've quit eleven times. I haven't quit even once yet. You will, mark my words. Maybe more than once, if you're one of the lucky ones. She stands up. Enough of this. Uh, Mr. Padrowski? Worm looks up. Yeah? You with us? Yes. You want to stop twirling the pen, Chesney? He sticks the pen in his pocket. He's been driving his mother mad with that trick for the last three years. So let's begin, she says. What we're talking about here is Lincoln-Douglas' debate. What? One of the five leftovers asks. She cuts him a look that usually sends her MNY staff into hyperventilation fits. The kid just looks back at her blankly. That's right, she remembers, if you can't fire them, your potency isn't exactly the same. Lincoln-Douglas debate, she repeats. One opponent on each side. First you present your case, then you argue with your opponent. Uh, What do you argue about, Binko asks. Uh, Different things, she replies. Usually philosophical issues, Chesney adds. Like the rights of the individual versus the rights of society, that sort of thing. Why? It's fun. It's fun. Uh, Definitely, you get to exercise your brain, and if you're mostly smarter than everybody else, you usually win, except for some people who win and nobody knows why, because they're total assholes, if you know what I mean. Plus, you get to Chesney. He shuts up. Thank you. As my son so clearly puts it, LD is fun if you like that sort of thing. You get to travel to tournaments every week. Where are the tournaments? Bingo asks. You would do well to just once allow me to finish a sentence, Mr. Binko. I'm an excitable boy, he replies. Poor, poor, pitiful me, she mutters. To answer your question, the tournaments are in different places. They range for all of us up and down the East Coast and maybe as far away as Chicago. How long do you go away for? Two days, usually, sometimes three. Where do you stay? Sometimes you get housed by the students that are hosting the tournament. Other times you stay at motels. Pinko exchanges a glance with Gloria what? Motels, huh? Sometimes, like we're staying at a motel this week when we go to Messerschmitt. What's Messerschmitt? Messerschmitt College in Florida. Florida? Yes. Humph. Humph, indeed, Amnia thinks. Are you actually interested in this, Mr. Bingley? I might be. Why is that? Why not? You think I'm some sort of idiot because I get detention? I didn't say that. You think Gloria is some sort of idiot because she, like, gets caught making out behind the stage with her boyfriend? Is that why you're in detention today? Amnia Asked the girl. She shrugs. Shrugging seems to be a big detainee activity. You should dump that loser and go out with me, Binko says. How romantic, Amnia thinks. Gloria says nothing. Back to business. We're going to have meetings twice a week, Amnia says. One night with me and one afternoon just among yourselves. With me, we'll work on the topics. Amongst yourselves, you'll have practice rounds after school. So you're like the coach, Binko asks. Yes, I'm like the coach. How come? Because no one else would take the job at this salary. How much are they paying you for this? Emnia is getting the urge for one of those cigarettes, which means that this particular meeting has gone on long enough. They pay me as much as they pay the team members, she answers. The first meeting will be this Wednesday night at 7.30. She gives him the address. You'll be there, Mr. Petruski? The boy nods. He isn't exactly a dynamo, but maybe he'll come out of his shell when Binko is no longer around. Good, I'll see you then. Yo, what about me, Mrs., uh, who are you anyhow? Mrs. Nutmilk, Chesney's mother. Mrs. Nutmilk. He pauses for a moment to absorb that. Okay, Mrs. Nutmilk. What about me and Gloria and the guys? You're all welcome to come, Mr. Binko. In fact, I look forward to seeing you. You're not going to take us to Florida with you, though. I don't think you're quite ready for that, Mr. Binko. So we can go now, then, Binko asks, looking at his watch. It's quarter past three. Sure, Amnia says. All right. The seven samurai are on their feet and out the door, breaking speed records along the way. Regular detention doesn't get out until four o'clock, Chesney explains, after they've disappeared. Ah, Amnia turns to Bedrewski. See you Wednesday, he nods. Worm will be there, Chesney says, won't you, Worm? I'll be there, Worm finally says, uttering his first word since the meeting began. And Amnia realizes he has a voice like a depressed turtle. She grabs her purse and heads out the door. Let's go, she calls to Chesney over her shoulder. She really needs that cigarette now. And this is only her first day on the job. Will Binko ever learn to twirl a pen? Will Amnia and Binko give up nicotine together? Will Gloria what? Does anyone other than the French really understand the difference between the signifier, the signified, and the sign? Will Oprah ever go gaga over manga? Such nonsense is avoided altogether in our next installment, Soccer, International Detente, or Brazilian Émigré Reunion.